Don't 
I want it to be as effective as it could be. So um, I told you I'm not doing it on this Ted line or the speaker. I'm not going to do it on either one. On the blog talk, I mean. So if you don't, if you haven't, email demonsgo at outlook.com or if you haven't gone to demonsgo.com and if you haven't registered, you won't be in on the teaching because I absolutely positively am not doing it over the blog talk and speaker. And so if you haven't registered, you won't get the phone number and the code to get in on that teaching. I gotta pray today because I'm not doing. I don't have anybody else's deliverance, so I don't have any interference. Um, the time I'm going to do it. I'm not certain if it's gonna be in the evening, but it won't be at six in the morning. So you might be able to take a little vacation or a break because I might shut this line down from the 9th to the 12th. I'm praying about it. I'm asking God how to be the most effective. But uh, I, I am not going to teach any witches. I'm not going to do that. Um, and... The title is, There's No Such Thing as a Christian Witch. But as I was praying, the Lord was telling me, and there's no such thing as a New Age witch. And there's no such thing as being a New Ager without being a practicing witch in some manner. Brothers and sisters, uh, this idea of of, uh, being a Christian witch and this idea of of being a new age is so deceptive because you got people who are doing new age practices that are straight up witchcraft. I mean, right out the craft. And they genuinely I'm believing this because I'm seeing it so much. Do not see how and cannot seem to comprehend that they're doing witchcraft. And the only reason that they can't is because New Age is so clever. It's so clever with how it incorporates Eastern mysticism And New Age is, I guess they classify it as a a practice. But it's a practice that's so convoluted, okay? And I have seen many, many people overcome and come out of those New Age practices. But you got a lot of other um, health care uh, uh, givers and social 
social scientist, and um, I've got to take time to really teach this. I I was I was uh, shocked myself, and I was also I talked to somebody yesterday. I mean, I talked to him for hours, and it wasn't really me talking. It was really more me listening. And I'm just, <clears throat> I'm just amazed and appalled. I am, and how um, y- you got a class of people that have had expendable income that has gotten caught up um, in, in, in a lot of bizarre stuff. And the person I talked to happened to live in um, Silicon Valley, San Jose, California. And I was just, I couldn't even talk to him for the first 45 minutes because I, I had to bind and rebuke the witchcraft. And so I asked him. I just straight up asked him. And you see, God will do that when he's getting you ready for something. He'll send the very people in need of, 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 of what you're getting ready to learn or teach or whatever. So I asked him, I said, you ever been involved in witchcraft? And he was like, don't insult me like that, Erica. You know, I'm an intelligent man. Blah, blah, blah. I said, uh, well, I didn't mean any harm. I said, but you're killing my ears. He said, what do you mean? I said, you have a demon speaking right through your words, and it's hurting my ears. He said, I know I might have a demon. I said, it's no might. And then he going to say, I might have a demon. Brother, it's not might. You got a whole slew of demons. He said, I might have a demon, but I've never been involved in any witchcraft. I said, are you sure? He said, Erica, I've never in my life, he said, I grew up in a Christian church, studying the Bible. I said, uh, if you don't mind, what's your what's your annual income? He said, no, I don't mind. He said, last year, because he said he told me he was the manager up there in Silicon Valley. He said, last year I made a I'm going to have to pay taxes on. That's what he said. So I'm going to have to pay taxes on about 200000 I said, okay. So I said, um, if you're going to pay taxes on 200000 I said, um, what you do, what do you do with all that excess uh, expendable income since you're not married? I had already talked to him. He said, well, I do a lot of things because of my job. And if, and if I told you who he worked for, you would know it. 
It's one of them good jobs where they let you bring your dog and to work and where they have um, natural food lunches and uh, have music piped through the building. I said, uh, okay. I said, so it's a bunch of y'all huh, that make about that income. He said, yeah. I said, so what do you do for, um, I asked about, you know, how many days, how many hours, I'm sorry. How many, because he only worked four days a week. And uh, he worked, he worked 12 hours a day, four hours a week. So I said, that gives you quite a bit of time. So what do you do? With your, I kept asking him, what did he do with his uh, extra time? And so he said, well, you know, I go to the gym. I said, okay. And then he said, I'm in a group. I said, okay. I said, um, what does the group do? He said, it's an enlightenment group. I said, okay. Enlightenment to what? He said, the, the, the Bible. He said, there's a new world coming, you know. I said, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, but <clears throat> tell me what you're talking about. So I can see if we're on the same page. So he said, um, there's a, a, a new world coming that's going to involve one world government and uh, global socialism. You know what I said to myself? I said, oh, help me, Jesus. A new ager. A new age. So I said, um, that's, tell me a little bit about it. And he began to tell me about the earth being a living organism. And we have to care for it ecologically. And I said, okay. Then he began to tell me about, um, he thought, as he was increasing his spirituality, that um, on a spiritual level, that in the New Age movement, he didn't say New Age, he didn't say New Age, but he said something, that Demons are working to draw human beings away from Christ and the truth of Christianity. And I'm saying, oh boy, this is really convoluted here. Okay? So he started talking, and and I, I didn't know if I was making this word up or if the Holy Ghost was giving to me because. He was trying to confuse my mind, the demons in him. And he said, 
He said, I'm kind of in a hybrid spirituality group. He said, but we 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 uh we use the Bible. He said, there's just so much more <laughs> secret, secret stuff. So he said that I asked him, I said, how the how does secret stuff work? And why are you contacting me? He said, because um I was recommended to him in the first place, but secondly, he said, he been just sitting on here listening. And I said, oh, so you one of the ones to be on there to be fighting me. He said, no, 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 I'm with you, Erica, I'm with you. I said, no way, brother, no way. He said, I believe Jesus. I said, so... Tell me what you believe about Jesus. And you know what he did? He quoted the Bible. He quoted some scriptures from the Bible. So I said, okay. And I had to hit him with the word. And you know what? He didn't know any more of the Bible than the scriptures he gave me. And he wasn't certain, but he talked with a assurance that he knew Jesus. And so then I said, well, how does Jesus heal people? He said, through energy. <laughs> And, and now I knew what I was dealing with then, okay? And I knew that one of two things was getting ready to happen. I was getting ready to fill him up with the word, pure word, that was either going to run him away from me, he was going to hurry up and get off the phone, or he was going to say, tell me more. Brothers and sisters, we have a Big problem. Big problem. You got some really likable people out here that are really messed up. And you know what he told me? He said, I can't I can't even seem to find anybody I want to get married. I said, Well, how old are you? You're only thirty-six. He doesn't even have a girlfriend. I said, but you don't you don't work that many I I mean, you know, twelve hours is is not long. Cause he had Fridays off. But he is, he's listening too. I see him. I see him right now. And I'm glad you're on here. I asked him if he would get on this line. Because I told him, I said, I know some some nice single girls in uh, L.A. 
their parents own a gym. I said, I know so I know a lot of single women. What is your problem? I said, Are you ugly? I was messing with him. He said, Well, maybe I am. I don't know. Then I'm then now I'm saying, uh oh. We got a poor self image here. So I say, send me your picture. Take a selfie and send it to me. He took a selfie. I said, you're a handsome young man. I said, how tall are you? He said, I'm six feet a little. He said, I might be six one. I said, okay. I said, would you mind going through the sinner's prayer with me? Because I don't want you spreading no more demons on my, on, on, in my blog uh, talk radio. He said, whatever it takes to get this off of me, I want it off. I said, what is it doing to you? Brothers and sisters, I was shocked. He said, I wouldn't tell anybody else this. I said, okay. He said, but I've been listening to you long enough. He said, I know you're going to talk about it. I said, I am. He said, but I've been suicidal. And I, I got quiet. I said, suicidal for what? I said, you're making a lot of money. He said, I said, let me tell you what the problem is. He said, okay. I said, you lonely, aren't you? And here lately, people been crying when, when I get right to that point. I said, you lonely, aren't you? He said, I'm deathly lonely. And I feel alone. I said, but you got your enlightenment. <laughs> Doesn't that help you? He said, I thought it was. I said, well, if you thought it was helping you, why are you lonely to the point you want to commit suicide? I was trying to bring him out of the darkness, brother and sister, and out of that witchcraft confusion. And you know what? He's so messed up. My ears, my ears start popping. I said, but I tell you what, before we go any further, let me cast out two demons. And then we can talk. I said, because your deaf and dumb demon is killing my ears like I told you. So I cast out dumb unbelief and I cast out deaf and dumb. And he said, wow, I feel better already. I said, well, I'm not going any further. He said, well, can I fly there this Friday? I said, nope. Can I come next Friday? I said, nope. Booked up. I said, actually, I'm booked up until uh, sometime in April. He said, but then he said this, and it really, really touched my heart. Because I know somebody that said this one time. 
and I, uh, I, I I listened to him. I didn't really, really know him. It was a girl. And her expression to me was, I feel like I'm in a pit. And I said, well, I'll see you when I get back from Connecticut. And while I was in Connecticut, a family called me and told me that uh, she was no longer with us. And I said, what happened? They said, she drowned in the bathtub. I said, huh? They said, they found her in the bathtub with a quilt wrapped around her, drowned. So when he said that, I became a little bit nervous. He said, I don't think I can wait that long. Now, I had just cast out death and dumb, and I had just cast out doubt and unbelief. You see where he was coming from? I said, between, between the time I cast out th- those two spirits and right now, what did you hear? And he told me what the voices said to him. So I said to him, the first thing you got to do is you're going to have to you're going to have to stop listening, obeying the devil's demons. And if you stop that, you're going to stop your demonic oppression. And I, and I wrote it down because the Holy Spirit was just giving it to me to share it with him. So I wrote it down. And I'm going to kind of share a little bit with you because I spent an hour on the phone with him. And I and I decided to let him come this month in February because he needs it. And the bottom line of the conversation is this. When I got through ministering to him, with him, Ministering with me, you know, it's casting out demons and doing deliverance and, and uh, soul restoration and inner healing, okay? But you can't do a whole lot with people that don't really know Jesus because I got to deal with all of his uh, lies. So I wrote down, stop listening, obeying the devil's demons, and you stop demonic oppression. Can you write that in the chat room? Stop listening, obeying the devil's demons, and you stop demonic oppression. And the demon's objective toward me was to jam my ears up let deaf and dumb come in. Because, see, everybody you go to minister to, I tell you, they have a, they have a plan that it's going to be you or them. And that's the way it always is. 
If their oppressions and demons and devils are stronger than you, when you leave them, you're going to have a problem. Now, you might have a problem because they're free and you took on their demons. Or you might have a problem because the demons transferred on you. But either way it goes, if you don't take authority over those demons, you're going to have a problem. And what made me, um, what made me lean toward helping this guy, it was, it was the ministry that I had ministered to Jose five years ago, or six years ago, when he was in California. Same, I know, I know, same demons, same, same. I saw Jose's deliverance in this guy. So I said, mm, I got to, I got to help him. And, and when Jose got delivered back there then, a lot of his scientist friends heard the gospel. Now, this guy, I don't know if he was man or not. Can you text me and tell me if I could say who you work for? Because I want, I want, I want the people to know who you work for. Some of them probably already guessed it. And you know the kind of salary he makes, he got he be pretty high in position. I'm looking at my phone here. Because I'm gonna text him because I don't want to I don't want to get him in any trouble. But you guys need to know. Okay. He works for Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg. And and he's a manager of something. I don't know what. I didn't ask. And I'm I, if I did know I wouldn't tell it. Because I don't want to totally identify him. And he says a lot of his coworkers are into the same spirituality that he is. I pray God that he he he, he gets delivered and fulfill his destiny. So let me tell you what his destiny is after we got through all of this. You know what his destiny is? God called him to be a preacher at six years old. At six years old. At five years old to six years old. From the womb to five, his parents were practicing pagans. But his grandparents are practicing ministers in the Methodist church. 
His grandparents was a messenger. His granddaddy, his great granddaddy, was a messenger preacher, and his daddy is still a messenger preacher. The sins unto the fathers, unto the third and the fourth generation. Yeah, but his parents were were pagan, so that would have been third, no fourth, third. Him, his parents, his grandparents. Oh, his grandparents and his great grandparents. That's what he said. Yeah. Methodist Methodist ministers. Missionaries too. He comes from a, a family of missionaries and Methodist preachers. But he left um, California and went to college, graduated from MIT with a master's in um, computer engineering, some kind of something. I don't I didn't even ask. Got low, such low self-esteem. He doesn't. He, he he ain't never really tried because when he went to school, he was dedicated to school, and I guess he he probably had he he would have had to be at MIT, stay on top of his education. But now here he is. Doesn't even feel like he's good enough to be a husband and a father and want to be because the devil got him so messed up. There's a problem. There's a problem. So you know, I got him Partially free, but the most important thing is I got him saved for real. I brought him in the name of Jesus back to Jesus. The real Jesus, not the fake one that he was serving. There's a problem. There's a problem. I, I I was so exhausted when I finished with him. I went and sat down, and I had to really rest because I had just had a problem leave here. Another college educated. Only that one was a lady. Entrepreneur, successful, good business, even even during the COVID. No deliverance, been through deliverance. But the church she was in, 
couldn't couldn't take her all the way through because they believe you have to wait 20 years to get delivered from a devil or from demons. That, that's not true. And so I, I, I said, God, this is like back to back. Back to back. And, and that's not all. I must have, you know, some people, I just told them, get on Shannon Demon Hotline, get delivered. But I personally must have about 125 waiting. And then I told them after, you know, after the hotline, get delivered, get delivered. I said, God, what's happening? What's happening? And the Lord said, take a look at for tomorrow. So I did this last night. I just couldn't even rest. So take a look at First Kings thirteen. So I'm gonna show you something. First Kings thirteen. Oh man, this time is zooming. First Kings thirteen. I'm gonna get through this. And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah. By the word of the Lord unto Bethel, and Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. And he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he offer the priests of the high places that burn incense upon the and men's bones shall be burnt upon thee. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. And it came to pass, when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God, which had cried against the altar in Bethel, and he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him. And his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up so that he could not pull it in again to him. The altar also was rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. <coughs> Excuse me. And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now the face of the Lord thy God and pray for me that my hand may be restored me again. And the man of God besought the Lord and the king's hand was restored him again and became as it was before. And the king said unto the man of God, come home with me and refresh thyself. 
and I will give thee a reward. And the man of God said unto the king, If thou wilt give me half thine house, I will not go in with thee. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so was it charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat no bread, nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. Bethel means house of the Lord, by the way, if you don't know. Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. The words which he had spoken unto the king, them they also, them they told also to their father. And their father said unto them, What way went he? For his sons had seen what way the man of God went, which came from Judah. This is the old prophet. And he said unto his son, Saddle me the ass. So they saddled him the ass, and he rode thereon and went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak. And he said unto him, Art thou the man of God that camest from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said unto him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, Thou shalt eat no bread, nor drink water there, nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. He said unto him, I am a prophet also, as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied. He lied unto him. So he went back with him and did eat bread in his house and drank water. And it came to pass, as they sat at the table, that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, for as much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord and hast not kept the commandment which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but camest back and hast eaten bread and drunk water in the place of the which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread and drink no water. Thy carcass shall not come unto the sepulcher of thy father. And it came to pass, after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk, that he saddled for him the ass to wit the prophet whom he had brought back. And when he was gone, a lion met him by the way and slew him. And his carcass was cast in the way, and the ass stood by it. The lion also stood by the carcass. And behold, men passed by and saw the carcass cast in the way, and the lion standing by the carcass, and they came and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. 
And when the prophet had, that brought him back from the way heard thereof, he said, It is the man of God who was disobedient unto the word of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord has delivered him unto the lions, which had torn him and slain him, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake unto him. And he spake to his son, saying, Saddle me the ass. And they saddled him. And he went and found his carcass cast in the way, and the ass and the lion standing by the carcass. The lion had not eaten the carcass, nor torn the ass. And the prophet took up the carcass of the man of God and laid it upon the ass and brought it back. And the old prophet came to the city to mourn and bury him. And he laid his carcass in his own grave. And they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. And it came to pass, after he had buried him, that he spake to his son, saying, When I am dead, then bury me in the sepulcher, wherein the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones, for the same which he cried by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the houses of the high places which are in the cities of Samaria, shall surely come to pass. After this thing, Jeroboam returned not from his evil way, but made again of the lowest of the people priests of the high places. Whosoever would, he consecrated him, and he became one of the priests of the high places. And this thing became sin unto the house of Jeroboam, even to cut it off and to destroy it from off the face of the earth. This story that I just read to you involved a man of God who was sent from Judah to Bethel by God to prophesy against the evil practices of King Jeroboam. The Bible doesn't even tell us the prophet's name, just that he was a man of God. When God sent the man on his journey, God told him to return home immediately after giving his message. And God also commanded him not to eat or drink until he had completed his mission. Understandably, this man of God had a great anointing on him. When he prophesied against the king, Jeroboam pointed at him and shouted for his guards to seize him. Immediately, the king's arm shriveled up, and he couldn't pull it back into his own body. At the same time, the altar split apart and the ashes that were on the altar fell on the ground, just as the man of God had said it would happen. When the king saw all of this, then the king said to the man of God, intercede with the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored. 
So the man of God interceded with the Lord, and the king's hand was restored and became as it was before. Now, the king was grateful to have his arm restored and obviously realizing that he was in the presence of a true prophet of God. The king invited the man of God to come home with him for a meal. The king also offered him a gift. Understand that this wasn't going to be an ordinary meal. This was at a king's table. And the king was going to give him a gift too. It was tempting, yet the prophet didn't better ask. The man of God answered the king. Even if you were to give me half your possessions, I would not go with you, nor would I eat bread or drink water. For I was commanded by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water or return by the same way you came. So he took another road and did not return by the way he had come to Bethel. But that wasn't the end of the story. It seems that there was a certain old prophet bound up with demons living in Bethel, Bethel who found out about what had happened. Obviously, even in that day, word spread fast. The old man heard about what the younger prophet had done that day, and he decided to saddle up his donkey and chase after him. You see, here he was. He had been living in a land that was falling away from God and a land that was becoming increasingly corrupt. I guess maybe he wanted to have a conversation But the devil had a plan. The devil had a plan to stop the man of God. Just like the devil has a plan to stop you. If you've been called to do anything for God. So the Bible says that he found the man of God sitting under an oak tree and asked him to come to his house for a meal. Once again, listen to this. The younger prophet explained that the Lord had told him not to stop for a meal. But the older prophet, like Satan always does, he wouldn't take no for an answer. So what did he do, brothers and sisters? He lied. And this is why lying is so bad. He lied to get what he wanted. The old prophet said, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel said to me by the word of the Lord, he was lying. He was proper lying. Bring him back with you to your house so that he may eat bread and drink water. He was lying. But he seduced the younger prophet with them lies. And the man of God returned with him and ate and drank. The younger prophet 
didn't even think of taking the time to seek the Lord to find out if what the older man was saying was the truth. And obviously, obviously, he had the gift of discerning or else he wouldn't have been able to discern and know and hear and understand. And he paid the price for it. The price was his death. As he went on his way, a lion met him on the road and killed him. He killed him physically. But but the problem today is so many people have been killed off spiritually. Either way, Adam died spiritually, and this man here died, this prophet died physically. Adam and Eve experienced spiritual death. This prophet experienced physical death. When the prophet had brought him back from his journey, the old prophet, he had the nerve to say, if the man of God had the word of the Lord, the Lord has given him over to the lion, which has mauled him and killed him, as the word of the Lord had warned him. The moral of this story, put not your trust in the arm of flesh. Put not your trust in the arm of flesh. And even if a woman or a man of God tells you that they passing on the message from God, check it out. How do you know if a prophet is a real prophet? What the prophets say come to pass. That's the only way you know. You see, you'll never win in this spiritual warfare battle we in against invisible spirits because we serve a spirit God and because we one-third spirit, one-third soul, and, and one-third physical body. You will never win a battle against these invisible spirits without the gift of discerning of spirits. Now, so many people are running around here talking about, I got discernment. Your dog got discernment. And discernment comes from the experience you receive from having done something previously. Discernment. But you see, the gift of discerning of spirit is a gift which comes by way of God's own Holy Spirit, which comes after salvation and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. You will never win in this spiritual battle against demons 
if you don't know Jesus, the real Jesus who lives, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died, shed his blood on Calvary, rose again for the propitiation of your sins and my sins. You will never win. You cannot win in a spiritual battle against devils and demons if you don't believe that they exist. But in believing that they exist, you know that you are the strongest man and that you are fighting against spirits and your win will be won in the spirit through the spiritual realm however manifested in the natural realm with both natural and spiritual rewards. You will never win in a spiritual battle with invisible spirits unless you understand that their objective is to bind you up spiritually with a manifestation in both the spiritual and the natural realm. Like I told that young man yesterday, many people in our sophisticated age don't believe in demons and devils. They believe only in psychological disorders, such as bipolar, schizophrenia, manic depressive, and you know what? They say they are Christians and they say they are believers. And like I had to explain to him yesterday, Jesus believed in demons and battled them and won over them. I had to explain to him, I believe that demons exist. First, I believe that demons exist because the word of God says that they exist. And I believe in demons because I've come face to face with them, battled them, and defeated them only in the powerful name of Jesus and by the power of God's own Holy Spirit. I had to explain to him I also understand the existence of mental disorders and psychological problems. I said, but I got to tell you something. Those mental disorders and those psychological problems are the seed and the root of problems created by and caused by demons and devils and evil human spirits. And I had to explain to him that sometimes it can be very difficult to tell the difference between the illnesses created by the demons, the demonic uh, uh, possession, the demonic oppression, and the demonic harassment and torture. He said, why? I said, because it's all spiritual. It's all spiritual. 
I said it takes the baptism in the real Holy Spirit of God for the manifestation of the true gift of discerning of spirit. I said to him, it takes a prayer life. And I said, a lack of the gift of discerning of spirits is one of the biggest problems today in the life of a real Christian believer. I had to explain to him, I have seen people ruin their lives because they listened to Satan and they thought they were listening to the person of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I had to explain to him that churches have been divided. Marriages have been dissolved. Families have been torn apart. And I had to explain to him that Christianity has been mocked and ridiculed because of the lack of the real true gift of discerning of spirit. He said, well, what is this gift? I said, I'm glad you asked. I said, simply put, it's the divine gift of knowing. It's the divine God ability to distinguish between what is of God and what is against God. It is divine knowing ability to distinguish between what God wants you to do and what you want you to do. It's the divine ability to clearly distinguish the will of God. I said it's part of the ability you have to hear God and distinguish God's voice from the voice of the enemy. I said to him, the gift of discerning of spirits is the, the knowing, gifting that gives you the ability to distinguish between a psychological sickness and a demonic attack. I said the gift of discerning of spirits is the God-given ability to know. And I directed them to my Yada teaching. You see, This young man was believing a lie. And the only thing that dispels a lie is the truth. He's seeking truth. He's seeking God. But the New Age witches got to him before I did. And I told him, 1 John 4 and 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the spirit, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. I said, I took him back. I said, see here where it says um, the angel Gabriel came to Mary. <coughs> and the angel Gabriel said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. 
Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And I explained to him that uh, in, in Luke 10, that when Jesus called his disciples together, he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. I explained to him Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I said there's one thing that you got to know and you got to understand, and that is this. There's no devil, no demon, no evil human spirit anywhere, including Satan, who happens to be a spirit, a fallen angel, Lucifer, who became Satan, our adversary, I said, not even he can withstand the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I said, now this is the same Jesus who told you and me to heal the sick, raise the dead. And he also told us to cast out demons in his name. And that's what I've done for you this afternoon. But I said, there's something else you got to know. That same God that sent his son Jesus into this world to destroy the works of this same devil spirit that we're talking about. Jesus said that the gates of hell would not be able to withstand the power of his church. I said, listen to me. God is love. I said, but you can't fight demons if you don't know they exist. And another thing, you never know where the devil's going to show up, and you never know what disguise he's going to be wearing at that moment. But you got to understand that he is ever-present. And then I told him what Paul said. Paul tries to disguise, as Paul said, Satan sometimes tries to disguise himself as an angel of light. I explained to him about that illumination. I told him that devils and demons don't announce their true identity because they're capable of hiding in hopes that no one will notice them. I told him that devils and demons are very cunning. I told him that they'll try everything they can to confuse you and fool you. I told him that devils and demons do not know everything about you. But I told him that from today on, you got to stop listening to the devil and his demons. I explained to him that demonic manifestations that is revealed in a person is an intimidation tactic of the devil. Brothers and sisters, I took him to Matthew chapter 8, verse 28 and 34. And when he was come to the other side in the country of the um, Gedge, I don't know what that word always gets me. Anyway, Gedgesina, that met him too possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, 
so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Sorry, I didn't quite catch that. Could you please repeat it? Yeah, I will. Don't worry about it. What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off from them a herd of many swine feeding. So the devil besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. When I said go, he started wretching, he started throwing up, and he started, God delivered him on that telephone. Brothers and sisters, all I did was I read the word, I said the word go, and the demons came out yesterday. I stayed there with him as God finished delivering him. And I said, there's only one thing I got to tell you. I said, Jesus said in Matthew 16, 19, Jesus said, demons come back. <laughs> I said, demons come back. I said, they coming back. I said, and I might not be around, so this is what I want you to do. I want you to study Matthew 16, 19. It says, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I said, they're coming back. And when they come back, what I want you to do, I want you to bind them up and cast them out of yourself. I said, they're coming back. Make no mistake about it. Brothers and sisters, I'm Looking forward to February 9 through 12, I thank God that the anointing is available for deliverance. I thank God that God is sending people to be set free. But now the, the object, the point is this. You ought to not even be looking for nothing from God if you think you're just going to take it and sit on it. What a waste of time. Is people out here suffering? Is people out here dying? What you going to do? It is time for you. It's time for you to make the devil out of a liar. See? I get caught up in trying to be something I'm not to please everyone else. I look deep in the mirror to find everything that isn't right with myself. The devil is a liar. That he can give you everything that you desire. Everything you want, don't you be playing with the fire. So don't believe the lie. 
Because I love doing it. I actually love the experience. And so God allows me to have wonderful experiences with deliverance. He always shows up. He always delivers his people. God is not slack concerning his promises to you. He's not slack concerning his promises to me. He always shows up, brothers and sisters. He always shows up. You must get busy in the the anointing that he's given you. It's It's not like it used to be a long time ago. It's a new day. God is not doing things like he used to do the same way because it's a new day. It is a new day. Saddle up your ass and get moving. I'll see you tomorrow.